perfect. My last sip before you hit record. <laughs> That's important. I know. I was like, <laughs> content building. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us again uh, for week two, man. I mean, session one was pretty on point. These two were dropping the gems uh, and left me like really excited for this week's session. So. Uh, like we said, like last week, we talked about privilege. Did everybody talk about what they wanted to talk about there? I mean, we, you know, divulged a little more in our live session, uh, which I thought was a great recap as well on Wednesday night. But is there anything more you want to speak to with that? Go ahead, Dr. Jackson. <laughs> we didn't talk about this, y'all, so. No, we didn't. <laughs> I just thought of it. <laughs> No, actually, we didn't say no. <laughs> You didn't want a brother. <laughs> I thought you were asking the people. I'm sitting here like this. <laughs> Looking all goofy. Um, no, I mean, I think it was a good intro. I think we're trying to set up these conversations in ways that build upon one another with no presumption of where you're entering the conversation, right? So if this is the first time that you're thinking about these things, that's awesome. If this is something you're talking about all the time, that's great too, right? Um, and so we focused on privilege and just, I guess, whiteness in general, right? Yeah. Um, and so now we're thinking about bias this week. Um, and so, right, it's taking it another step forward. So. If questions pop up related to last week's stuff or this week's stuff or anything in between, that's cool too. Um, but I'm excited to see where this one goes. Awesome. Ari, you're good? Yeah, I just wanna say as a disclaimer that Dr. Jess is so in the driver's seat in this one. <laughs> I am so excited to learn, like I am. I, I still want, you know, I, I told, I, we were talking a little bit beforehand, I said I'm gonna sprinkle a little bit here and there, but you know, I'm. I just, as a disclaimer, so if you guys are like, she's really quiet tonight. It's not, I'm just absorbing it all, right? Because I'm still working through stuff too, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the best student and best advocate I can. So just hey, mom. disclaimer. We all should be. Hey, mom. The church <laughs> says amen. Okay, so, <laughs> so we talked about privilege last week. This week, we thought it made sense to move into bias. Um, uh, but first, we like to kick off the show by talking about a current event. And this week's current event is uh, Lady A versus, can I say versus, Lady Antebellum? Mm -hmm. um, if you're not familiar with the scenario, um, Lady Antebellum is a country group that realized the historical uh, connotation of the term antebellum and it's poured <laughs> in negative connotation and wanted to change their name to Lady A. And if you did, if, you know, it's wrong to assume we're going to talk about that tonight, <laughs> but they are all white. <laughs> um, and uh, so <laughs> if you didn't know that, that's important for this context. <laughs> um, and so they wanted to change their name to Lady A. Well, the, the name artist name Lady A is currently occupied by a black female blues artist. Um, and there have been ongoing discussions and now they basic, they want rights to the name of Lady A and they don't see the issue with that. So um, Jess, what's your, what's your take on this, on this situation, this, this sticky, sticky <sighs> thing? Right. Um... So, so this is all coming down to essentially a lawsuit on copyright. And so when we think about the costs of legal representation, especially for an artist who's trying to make their living from their art, that's a lot of cash. Um, and so I believe Lady A technically didn't have a copyright for her name, but, um, there's also those weird laws roped into domain, right? If you've hosted something for X amount of time and you've been mm. anyway. So it wasn't as cut and dry as like, well, this isn't copywritten, so we're just gonna walk with it. Right. Um, but as we were talking before this started, I, this, this news really like 
chapped my ass and I couldn't figure out why. Like, cause I can't stand country music all like, I'll be, I'll be open about that. That's a bias that I have. Like I, I can't, I can't. You sounded kind of, you had some twang in your voice when you right? I'm, oh I'm my goodness. subconsciously mock, right? Okay. We're going to unpack this. We're all broken people is basically what I'm saying. But um, I don't like country music, but this was really irking me um, because in an effort to be more PC, because let's be real, um, this, was, this wasn't like an altruistic move, right? They mm -hmm. suddenly realized that antebellum <laughs> refers to like Civil War era sure, and sure. decided they didn't want it anymore. But for some reason in their minds, it was better to take away the professional persona of a black female artist um, for their personal gain, right? So like, hello, performative allyship. Um, but I called this, it's the musical equivalent of gentrification, right? So- Naps all around for that. That's <laughs> so if we're thinking about it, it's like, hey, these white people are here and they've decided they're done with this. This being the name Lady Antebellum. And look over here, this black person has what I want. With some cash, I'm just gonna take it, right? And so it is just so, it is so symbolic of how white America works, um, mm -hmm. of how the entertainment industry works. Like so many white people are making their money off the backs of black performers past and present, right? And so it just, ir it irked me. It irked me. <laughs> I think that's all I really had to say about it. Yeah, you're the one who brought it to my attention. And then I right. saw, I, then I just saw, t saw tweets like Saturday morning. I was like, oh shoot, Rolling Stone <laughs> got a whole piece on this. Um, and really what struck me about it was that they had multiple conversations. Like even after her saying like, you all have all the resources in the world to like take a different route. And they still chose to be like, no, no, we want, no, we've got the money. Like we want, but no, we want what you have. I'm like, right. bro, you could do better. Ari, what's your, what, how do you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, I mean, I think Jess is 100% on. I think just to piggyback off of that, you know, it, it's a it's also a perfect testament to just like, uh, I guess, trying to not be racist as a person, but then still like buying into the system, right? Because mm -hmm. we are doing the, oh, let's be progressive, let's move forward, let's not have this rhetoric and, and uh, among us anymore. <clears throat> But then you're literally upholding the system that that, you know what I mean, that those things were created from. So it's just, I, I wish we could like get them on the phone. I just want to, yo, let me just talk to you for a second. I just want to know how you may, I just make it make sense. Make That's make where sense. I'm at. You know, just, just give me a little bit of something so I can try to digest this because what you're doing is literally the opposite of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Don't make sense. <laughs> so it's just, uh, yeah, it's frustrating to say the least, especially to see like it, it the the victim be a black woman, you know. It's and I mean, I just I don't even know um, how she would move or how right that you know what I mean. I mean, that's gonna have to. She's gonna have to. And it's, She's a blues singer. Like yeah. they don't have any respect for that aspect of it, just for the music part of it, just for the musical part of it. Like this is a blues singer. Like it's not far from your genre. Like even if right. you pop country, and that's it's not so blues, true. You know what I mean? Just like as respect as an artist, even right. even if it wasn't the same, I just I couldn't picture doing that to someone. You know, even if it was a makeup artist who had a different name, and you know what I mean? It yeah. just I that's just so wrong. You know, and so beyond the the racial um, um, issues there as well. It's just not a good look, you know? And it is, it's frustrating to see that, especially during this time, especially in light of why you're doing it. I just, I, it just doesn't make sense. I'm yeah. done, because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. I, I, I kind of was gonna piggyback off of what you said too. Like, is there a way I always ask that, right? Is it, are they reachable? Like, can can someone get them to see the error in their ways? Is that possible? 
<laughs> I guess, I, I guess it depends <laughs> on why they wanted to change their name in the first place. Like, was that a label move, right? Is that the equivalent of like the sweeping NASCAR ban of Confederate flags or were they like willingly, you know, were they like, oh, hey, we're associated with the, you know, I think it all depends on uh, motivation, inspiration, right? So what is what is their sort of driving force behind that? Yeah, and the fact that they aren't budging probably means makes me think it's cash. Yeah, yeah. Very disingenuous. I would rather they. I just would rather call a man about them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I would just rather like I would just rather do that. Mm. We should. That's what we should do. We should boycott and still call them Antebellum. <laughs> Just tweet them, tweet them after this and let them know <laughs> that you made That's that very negative decision. Edie mentioned that it's possible that not all members are in agreement, right? So since it's a tree, it's a trio, right? Right, right. Yeah, possible that it is an internal battle. We could give them the benefit. Yeah, of yeah. Two, two guys and a lady. Lady Antebell. Lady A. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, Lady A. Oh my gosh! All right, all right, all right. Let's um, dive into tonight's topic of bias. So we like to, again, come from the angles that everybody knows kind of where we're starting from um, by defining bias. Uh, how do we want to define it, y'all? You tell me, Jess. Uh, so in its most like sort of bare bones sense, it's a tendency or an inclination um, could be a prejudice, right, towards or against someone or something. So um, as you can see at its roots, biases are human nature and they're not inherently bad, right? So our, our biases are our tendencies, there are preferences and our choices. And so, you know, there are people that don't like coffee, right? That's a bias. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know they apparently exist. I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but you know, if, if someone's choosing to be vegan, right. Yeah. Versus, you know, a, a carnivore, um, those are options too. And there's nothing inherently wrong with those choices. It's then whenever your bias is based on stereotypes rather than, um, lived personal experience and, facts, right? Um, that your biases can then turn dangerous and, and or problematic. Right. And so um, the goal isn't to make us all unopinionated, no preference, right? <laughs> human droids. Um, but it's just to be a little more cognizant of the biases that we do have. Right, right. And our different so all of, all of us have them, all, and they're not something we can turn off, right? And it's just having those certain checks and balances in place so that they're not affecting people in a <laughs> poor manner, right? Including right. ourselves, right? I guess you could oh, 100%. say. 100%, yeah. Right? It's, it's almost like, um, you know, ensuring that we, I don't know, be decent human beings. <laughs> <laughs> at all times, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, right? Sure. I mean, that's ideal, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to add anything on to that definition, Ari? Um, no, I completely yeah, agree. Um, you know, I actually, I'm like the super elementary oh. approach, right? So I went in and I like Googled bias and the definition, right? And then sure. like, I think in the definition, um, the word I picked out was stereotype. So then I Googled stereotype and um, I believe the, the phrase was preconceived notion. And so like my mm -hmm. overall takeaway from it was um, lack of experience, lack of interaction. So, um, you know, biases come when you're ignorant right yep. so you have to um one understand that you're ignorant and i think that's what we're talking about tonight i'm going to dig into a little bit more here but um up upon that realization you know um i guess it, i think it's 
bias is something that I struggle with. So it's almost difficult for me to pinpoint um, exactly where the line is sometimes, if that makes sense, right? Absolutely. But um, that's why I said I'm here to learn too tonight. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's like, but overall my takeaway is, you know, just a lack of experience. And so um, obviously in this um, context, the lack of experience is that you just don't, I mean, you're born white, right? You're not, you don't live life as a black person. Right. Um, so you're going to have um, biases, misunderstandings, non-experiences, um, and, and you're basing your opinion on that. So um, just, I think that's just important, I guess, to keep in mind as we talk about this mm -hmm. um, so that you can, like you said, kind of start to realize because it's really hard to, one, tell yourself, and, and be honest with yourself, say, oh, I have bias. You know, I, I struggle with um, this sort of bias or that sort of bias. Right. Um, but then it's it's really hard to identify those triggers, too. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I think I'm realizing. Um, so that's something. Yeah, yeah. And I think what makes it difficult, at least from, again, from my own experiences, that so many white folks that I know, the first time they begin to interact with black people, people of color, are when they're adults. So by the time we're asking you to like check this stuff, you've learned so much and had very maybe in your in your case, maybe very few experiences, and you've learned things from culture, pop culture, and we and we want to talk about that tonight. So how do we help people, you know, understand that they need to have these checks and balances in place? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that, um, as we said in the last conversation about privilege, right, it's scary to dive into our most inner selves, right? Um, and so what I articulate when I have these conversations is like, Bias isn't a commentary on your personal character. Mm. It's human nature and we all have it. Um, and many of our biases affect our perceptions that, that affect our perceptions are totally subconscious. So you're not actively choosing this process, right? Sure. Um, and oftentimes our biases are totally contrary to our own self image. So until we check these things and dive in, our biases might even contradict not only how we see ourselves, but how we act in different spaces, right? So um, it's all about, Ooh. biases are essentially then, they're not an accusation, they're a way in which we see the world. And yeah. so you're never gonna be free from them. So as Ari said, it's a, it's a process of figuring out your triggers right. and what I call them like cognitive shortcuts, what those are for you um, so that you can start mitigating them right because when it comes down to actions biases are like tendencies right they're like it manifests in behavior yeah and so if it's explicit biases those are easy to point out because that's racist sexist classist behavior so for example if a white woman's in the elevator and a black guy's in the elevator and she clutches her purse Shoulder bag, yeah. Right? Is that explicit? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If she wouldn't do that with a white man, a white woman, right? So, then you, so right. then you can pick that apart, right? To find right. out what the true bias is. Is it black men? Is it men? Is it, right. you know, like to sort of drill down deeper into that. But yeah, yeah, so crossing the street when someone's walking past you, refusing to hire someone of color, someone older, someone able-bodied, right? So the explicit things are super easy to catch. Mm -hmm. But it's those implicit biases, which are our unconscious sort of behaviors and actions that are, that are the huge problem because these are our attitudes and the stereotypes that we hold on to that we accumulate throughout the duration of our existence. So like you said, if you enter college, if you're privileged enough to go to college, then maybe you start having these conversations at 18, 19. Right. 
but perhaps you don't, right? And say yeah. someone stays in the same small town for forever and it's not until the first black family moves into the neighborhood that they're, mm -hmm. you know, right? So we all hit this at different times. And so depending on how much you've soaked up without any reflection or personal analysis, right? Your, your decision-making process is decided upon really quickly, you know, based yeah. off of these ingrained experiences. Um, and so then, you know, we're, we're prone then to inaccurate assessments and, and faulty rationales, which is then how we see systems that are built on decades and decades and decades of leadership uh, that has existed, you know, with biases gone unchecked. Um, that's how we end up in the situation that we're in. Yeah, and, and so, right, so what makes it tiring for us is there's so many, I would argue that there's so many people in the system, we'll just talk about our government as the system, that are, have gone unchecked, right? Like, let's be honest, Biden's statement a while ago, like, if you ain't black, then what did he say that was like- but if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that is a perfect example of, you, you sat under a black president for that long and you still got stuff that you need to work on. Very, very oh, often. Sure. Just because you're associated with people doesn't mean you still don't have stuff that, that doesn't need to get checked. And so um, he, I wanted to make that example to then say, there are people within the system that we are constantly like, battling against to get this stuff and so there has to be an awakening right at like at some point how do we get these people to get it because we'll never well we i think we, and we all say we have the hope that it can change but i think we are it's important that we have these dialogues um with our generations and the generation below like gen z and what have you so that we can fight the good fight and make sure that these we're checking ourselves so that we don't perpetuate the the problem right 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 i think um i think one of the hardest parts about working on bias though is that really up until this current historical moment i don't think folks were having conversations about the danger of stereotypes, mm -hmm. right? Um, because we hadn't as a country really drilled down. So um, as I mentioned, right? So if we think of stereotypes as cognitive shortcuts, that means your brain is making a snap judgment based on immediately visible characteristics. Mm -hmm. So this tends to go to places like gender, age, ethnicity, if they have a presented uh, religious affiliation, right? Sure. So we're hardwired, especially in like tech age, to make quick calls. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing uh, inherently wrong with that. But the problem then becomes when we apply it. the stereotypes, right, to that quick impulse. Yep. So that's exactly what bias is, right? It's believing that your stereotype is true. And then when these go unchecked, whether that's by personal process or you meet someone that contradicts your stereotype mm -hmm. in a way significant enough to make you change that shortcut, right? It's going to lead to negative behavior. So we haven't talked about stereotypes as harmful because we laugh about them, right? So Asians are bad drivers. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, um, typical gender things right so men can't look yeah. right blondes are dumb right um females can't drive i hear that often. yeah um you know assumptions with uh jewish folks and financial right yep. Yep. so like our our nation's comedy is built on this and yep. So, I mean, we've had these jokes for decades, right? And so we're learned to just laugh it off. Mm -hmm. um, but there's more and more research now on stereotypes and their like actual harm. And so there's research about 
stigmatized individuals from stereotypes. Um, and so let's say for the sake of this show, mm -hmm. <laughs> talking about stereotypes about black people mm -hmm. in the workplace, right? And so if there is a black person then in the workplace, a primarily white workplace, especially, if they've heard those assumptions, whether or not they are by their immediate colleagues or just what they've absorbed in the world, just as we've absorbed that stereotype of them in the world, they hear that too, right? The recipients of stereotypes hear it just as the more powered and privileged folks, except the outcome of that then on those folks is anxiety, which had research shows has depleted their cognitive resources which leads to underperformance, right? So in that sense, it becomes a confirmation for those folks that are stereotyping them. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So think about it. Think about when you're like building something or you're writing and you're like, you're writing something in Sharpie, right? And you're like, don't mess it up, don't mess it up, don't mess, and then you freaking mess it up every time. Yeah. It's the same thing in this situation. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're, even think about a public speaking or something, right? You know, like a position where you're nervous because you're feeling judged, you're always nine times out of 10, right? You're gonna flub in some way. Yeah. But that flub could have serious ramifications for folks of color or differently abled folks, right? So a flub, a professional flub for a white person could lead to jokes or, you know, maybe a like, don't ever do that again. But for a black person, that could mean professional advancement. That could mean pay cut. That could mean a firing, right? And so there are serious um, repercussions yes. for stereotypes may i read uh the tweet from uh, earlier this week about betsy devos because oh, i think you saw you please you please saw uh, that was a current event too. <gasps> forget about old betsy <laughs> and i think this ties in nicely you know with the point you're making right now so i want to bring this up real quick so if y'all can give me a second to find it because I tweet a lot because there's just been too many gems. Um, if you all, you know, that are on the call, if you're not on Twitter, I would very much encourage you to, to do that. Um, I'm very biased. I love Twitter. I've been on it since 2009, literally like grew up on the platform. Um, Our audience so is biased against <laughs> DeVos. <laughs> they have announced that. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Jess, can you, can you, or, and both of you answer um, Ben's question while I find the tweet? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a great question, uh, Ben and or Amy. So it's asking, do you think it's more difficult to break biases now because of how social media and tech prey upon them, algorithms, et cetera? So um, 100%, right? So biases are built on influencers or influences so um we are the product of what we consume literally and figuratively so um i mean taking it to our current political climate right so folks that are digesting trump's rhetoric and the folks that he surrounds himself with one of the forms of biases is an affinity bias right which just means that we are led to be in favor of people who we feel like we have a connection with or some sort of similarity. And then in that sense, we uh, value their contributions, their conversations, their ideologies to a higher level than other folks, if we're even willing to listen to other folks at that point. So if a candidate that we have an affinity for tells us that they feel like Mexicans are evil and black people are ruining our current society, then we're going to start to absorb that and feel that same way. So the way that social media, and this is like what's going on with Facebook and folks abandoning um, their ad presence on there yeah. is right. They're trying to, the system has always been rigged. Right. And so they're trying to re-rig it then. Right. And, and to pull their money out so that they're not contributing to um, further dollars going to, to streamline and, and influence people's thoughts in ways that, um, are harmful. 
Yeah. And yeah. folks aren't even aware of, right? So if you're not having conversations about biases and you're, you're, you don't understand how social media algorithms work and you don't um, study common rhetoric, right? Like you're just reading the news. It's just whatever, right? Like if you're not reading it from a critical perspective, just think about how much trash you're digesting on either side, right? Right. 100%. Absolutely. And that's just the stuff you're reading on Facebook on right. that media platform. That's not what you have playing in the background. That's not what you see when you're driving down the street on a billboard or on a truck. You know, all of these things we absorb and we don't even realize just yep. how how much it alters. I think I said this earlier, our perception is just wild. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I found do we want to speak to any more? I, I like I see Edie wrote something and thinking about how the expectations of teachers have an impact on the self-concept of kids and young adults in their classes, even if they are being nice, if they expect more or less from students based on a category they are in. This can be powerful, one hundred percent. I I a personal um, anecdote there is. My, I remember my mom had to chew this teacher up because she was treating my brother um, in a way that she was not here for <laughs> at all. Um, and it, it came to light because of, you know, I'm subject to her, her bias. Um, it, it played a, it played a part. And so um, I've, I've, I've seen that and witnessed that myself. Our teachers, I really wish that we respected them and paid them the money they deserve because then these these things could be in place and these conversations could be had so people can check check these things. But there's just oh, there's so many layers to to peel and make this everything better. It's like uh, it's it's a it feels daunting. Oh, but sure. I feel like it's doable if we get more people to care. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it's one of those things where um, it kind of has to affect you or your circle or someone you're in relation to before yeah. you can you can understand or check it right. That's why it's so important. We'll go back to we'll go back to uh, episode one of E's <laughs> mini series. Who are you following? You know that's yeah. why it goes back to those things. How are your how are you diversifying your circles? How are you interacting with other groups? People with other yeah. um, different thinkers with with different perceptions and and it just the list goes on so um, that's why it's so important because going back to the beginning when we said this was a lack of experience whenever you have that um, direct like real life um, association with something that eliminates your bias right mm -hmm. um, and that's why it's so, so, so important. Um, a lot of times, you know, when we have these conversations, I always say, you know, go back and tell your white friends or, you know, but it's important to make sure that we're doing this across the board yeah. and we're, we're checking all sorts of biases, right? And um, it's not enough to just, I guess, know that they're there at this point mm -hmm. because it is this is this is the part like dr jess spoke about it earlier you know um there's negative side effects and this is the part where the side effects have kicked in <laughs> like right. they're here you know so um <laughs> we need we need to address them um you know and and that goes back down to the root and really checking ourselves so i'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation i'm learning so much yeah me too but this is awesome yeah. I follow um, Steve Furtick and Stephen Furtick and uh, John Gray. They're two international pastors with mega churches or what have you. And they were talking about race relations. And Stephen, who's a, a white pastor, called out about like some people can't get this because where they worship, where they work, where they this, where they that, it they all look like them, you yeah. know. And I'm not saying people have to go to college. Like that's not the only way to diversify your circle, but you have to seek out those opportunities in a genuine way, um, so that your you know your breadth of of knowledge is not just um, from coming from one sole 
from one soul experience. So, um, and yeah. I just add on that, you know, anybody that comes to me with that BS, and I will call it BS, and here's why. Here's why. Because America loves Black culture. They love jazz. They love music. They love the dancing. They love the athletics. They love all of the entertainment. All right? So if you love all of that culture, you love all of the flavor, all right, you need to then reciprocate. Yeah. And pour back into advancing that group of people. Correct, 100%. You know what I mean? So that, that there's no, you're interested in the stuff that black people are doing. That's what I'm saying. It's not like, oh, there's no interest. There's no, it's not like there's no like association or, you know, like, no, you're interested, you're drawn to whether it be through sports or another form of entertainment or what, what have you, you know? Um, so, and if you, and since that is the case, I don't have to say if you are, since that is the case, then there needs to be some reciprocity. You're fourth. <laughs> oh man, did that TV go away? Oh, you're kidding me. Um, it's too good to not um, share. And of course, it already. So I'm looking at. Oh, what are you? I'm sorry. No, no, go for it. I'm looking at what Ben and Amy were saying. I feel like it just makes explicit biases feel even more implicit, which is just so dangerous. And mm. as you were talking, Dr. Jess, I was thinking like, but a lot of times when you were saying, okay, so explicit biases are really easy to pick out. Um, Yes, but like, here's my example. I opened up a little bit last week on Ease um, Live when we did the recap, and I spoke about how when I was working in retail at the beginning of um, you know college, I realized that I had a habit of following darker skinned customers around um, before I would follow lighter skinned or white people around, mm. and. Um, I didn't realize it. That is explicit, right? But I didn't realize it. So mm. it's one of those fine line things. And that's why I said it's really hard to find those triggers. Yeah. So I'm really interested in what, maybe that's action steps. I'm really interested though in how you, you um, help people discover exactly when they're, when they're you know, kicking in and then how to realize it, and then how to turn it off. Like, cause that's like a whole three-step process that you have to learn to do quickly <laughs> to stop being a bad person. And I really want to do it. Be a decent human being. That's what we really want to be. I want to be a good human. <laughs> it makes me think of the Pokemon theme song, but no one's gonna. <laughs> um, let me read this quick, uh, cause we're we're right on time. I want to. I think this tweet is this thread is just so poignant i don't want to um pass it up and then let's get to those wonderful action steps um <laughs> so i it's a thread right so seeing adult white people learn things that my parents taught me as a five-year-old and Ooh. carried the burden of since has been challenging for me i just wanted y'all to know that I keep having been forced to hear this is ongoing conversation and something we need to grapple with. No, this is not a conversation. It's something you're resisting, understanding. When I learned these things, it wasn't a conversation. It was a directive. Right. And when, we're, when you're told these things as a child, you don't actually have the privilege of mulling over whether or not America is a deadly place for Black people. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed. And see, here's the thing. Uh, you aren't just learning them, you're learning this in the leadership positions, positions you have held for years, which begs the question, how much damage have you done? How much damage have you already done? How much damage will you continue to do as you learn them? Mm. I actually followed that gentleman after you retweeted that. I, to, yeah. I was like, Ain't that something? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and what's the other one? Oh, the Betsy DeVos one. Betsy DeVos is a perfect example of an awful white woman being passed off as stupid or ignorant instead of what they are, which is evil. Mm. The language of un unintelligence when it comes to powerful white women comes from the belief that white womanhood is harmless and innocent. By reducing DeVos' intentional harm to an accidental 
bungling of her job. I was like, Woo, use that vocabulary. It gives white people on the left and right an excuse to defend and protect white womanhood. I was, I was like. <laughs> she killed that. I followed her too after you retweeted that. She killed that and immediately Whenever she, um, as I'm reading this, I'm starting, I started thinking about um, Sarah Palin. I started thinking about, you know, just like, and, and, and I mean, the list goes on, but um, that was just on point, on point. She knows what she's doing. She knows exactly what she's doing. Woo. Yeah, that thread was too. That thread was, I was like, well, let me follow sis. <laughs> Was Maybe it. coming with the heat on Twitter. Um, was on it. It's just in a, it comes in a different way than you can get from Instagram and, and Facebook. You have access to so many different people and so many different thoughts. I mean, like when I said I grew up on Twitter, like I really mean in the sense of time and in thought and, and critical thinking about things that I had never... Um, would have considered so i i will continue to plug that as a great platform to uh follow people and um really engage in the content uh, i've curated a list if you follow me you can you can access that not that you have to follow me to access the list but you can you can find it um through there that's like people who are about the movement so i would encourage you to do that perfect timing Time for those action steps because we're educators and we love, we don't just want to talk at you all night. We want you to feel like we're equipping you to go out and be decent human beings. Right. So Jess is going to lay the uh, action steps on us. How, yeah. how, how do we get these triggers, trigger, <laughs> trigger fingers under control? Right. So, you know, I think those tweets were the perfect way to segue into this because, um, this is dangerous, right? Like running around as an unchecked individual uh, can seriously do harm. And that starts in, as Edie mentioned, in the classroom for little children, you know, through our current time. So yeah, a lot of white folks didn't have what I'm calling the luxury of having these conversations because now they have to have them as adults. And that's really hard. Like yeah. I want to acknowledge that it is really 100%. hard, super uncomfortable. Um, and yes, black youth did not have the luxury of not thinking about race, right? Um, but there is a there is a huge advantage, right, to being an adult and having those um, meaningful conversations. But just because you didn't have them, uh, or you didn't have as many as you feel you needed, or to the depth of which you feel you needed, doesn't mean that you can't, can't do start it. now, right? Yeah. So. The first thing you got to do is really think about what causes us to jump to implicit bias. So if we think about it as like, again, our little shortcut, when do we tend to like cut corners, right? When we're mentally tasked. So when we're tired, mm. when we're pissed off, right? If we're in a bad mood, if we feel threatened, the second that we feel like we're put on the spot, we're in danger. Um, and in the same sense, kind of, if we're in a new situation, so if something's unfamiliar, as Ari was mentioning, like it's easy to just go to like those quick associations. Um, if we're multitasking, which we're all, uh, <laughs> guilty which of we're doing, all always doing on the regular, <laughs> right? So these are the ways in which we are putting ourselves in the position where our brain goes into that autopilot to make those quick assumptions. Yeah. So first you got to figure out when and when you're doing this right and then what is your intake so again back to last week who's your circle and when we say circle we're not even just talking about like who are the friends you're calling on the phone it's like what media are you bringing in what movies are you watching what books are you reading what news are you looking at right all of it all of that um because you need to start thinking about where you've gotten the information Mm -hmm. uh, that you're using to make these assumptions. Was it your grandpappy who was in the wall? It's everywhere. And it does, yeah. it starts everywhere. in the classroom when we're little, right? Like yeah. the examples were always Johnny, right? And, and little Amy, right? White people. But then whenever you get into college and you start talking about criminal law, your examples automatically turn to black people. So it's like, what it's even what are we digesting in an academic yep. sense in an 
so formal and informal ways. Yep. So, you know, that's the whole first thing, you know, do the deep dive. What have you, like, where have you sort of been, been thinking about these things? Mm-hmm. So then what can you do, right? What are your actual action steps? The first one is slow yourself down, right? That's hard. Think, think, make decisions and processes at, you know, a normal human pace, right? Not everything has to be quick and speedy, right? Especially if it's something important, like you're hiring someone, you're determining someone's uh, academic fate, right? If you're in a conduct situation, um, if you're watching the news and, you know, you're quick to slam, you know, the latest story, think about if you're giving into this unconscious bias because you're only half listening or you're under pressure or you're anxious or you're busy, right? Gotcha. So avoid making key decisions or having intense conversations when you are mentally taxed like that. The second is to then start exploring your biases, right? So I'm going to drop a link. Harvard has a series of implicit bias tests, which are absolutely fascinating, simultaneously horrifying, right? So you take these things and they're broken down by affinity groups. And so you can look at your, uh, it tests your bias related to ableism, ageism, race, specifically black people or Asian folks. Or And so it's a way to explore. And there's a lot of push and shove when it comes to um, these sort of tests, because if you're, if you have your researcher hat on, right, these are not um, predictors of behavior, right? So just because someone took a test and got X results doesn't mean they're going to behave a certain way. But these tests tell us, especially when they're taken in mass, um, society's predilections right so how do we tend to sway which as we know from conversation earlier what we're surrounded by is what influences us yep so while that's not going to immediately tell you what's up it will tell you those snap judgments and then it gives harvard researchers right the bigger understanding of what's simmering you know in the nation and that informs us none of us are free of that right so when you take those tests then you're able to sort of see um you know where you sit in terms of where biases lie and you might be really surprised or you might be not surprised right if you've done some digging and you're starting to be honest with yourself Mm. um a third step would be to identify situations where your implicit biases affect your behavior because we can hold biases and not act on them or we can, right? And so where do you choose to sit in group situations? What coworkers do you tend to chat with or invite to happy hour? Um, Why do you tend to um, invite your niece to bake cookies, but you'll play catch in the yard with your nephew, right? So what kind of stereotypes are you fostering Um, amongst your own circle, right? So what are you perpetuating? And even positive stereotypes can be harmful. So maybe your gay best friend doesn't want to go shopping. (laughs) Maybe your Asian friend doesn't want to help you with your computer problem, right? So like, even if it's a positive association, right? So like, this person has good taste. This person has an, uh, I'm assuming this person has an ability that I don't have, right? Those can still be detrimental because then if that individual feels like I have a horrible taste in fashion or I'm actually really bad at math, then that makes them feel inadequate because they're not subscribing and behaving in the way in which their culture has been, you know, deemed appropriate to act. So it's important to think about the kinds of situations then once you figure out where your biases lie, like, Okay, so where would this manifest, right? So say as a white person, I take the test and I I find out that I'm biased towards Asian Americans. Okay, well, when would I interact with them? You know, like how, or how am I choosing not to, right? Like, are there times when I opt out or is there times when my behavior, you know, goes the wrong way? Right. Um, A fourth step is so empathizing if possible. Um, but there's even research to show that if you can at least be friendlier to folks that identify differently than you, um, behavior influences thoughts, right? So if you act friendlier towards other people, 
even if you're uncomfortable or unfamiliar with them, eventually over time, you'll feel more comfortable with them, sure. which will then result in your ability to empathize and develop relationships with them. Yeah. So there is some truth to that adage, like fake it till you make it, right? So <laughs> if we think about, you know, affirmations and telling ourselves something, you know, so today's going to be a good day or yeah. I'm not scared, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm brave or, you know, this isn't scary. These folks aren't scary. These folks are like me. I'm having fun, right? All of these things we can coach ourselves into positive associations. Yeah. So it's kind of like how they tell, you know, even if you just curl the corners of your lips up, you'll end up being X amount of percent happier because your mind thinks you're smiling, which thinks you're happy, right? Play the game with yourself, folks, right? So start to, to tease yourself to make those assumptions. So if you can't dive in and immediately empathize because you just genuinely have no idea, Right. Well, then it's time to dive in and start interacting with folks in person or online or whatever yeah. um, that you don't necessarily associate with. And that can, that can help you, right? So that could be your toe in. And so then lastly, it's just learn. Learn about different affinity groups, about different diverse populations. Unconscious bias, as Ari mentioned, thrives on a lack of information. Yeah. Ignorance is the fuel to bias and stereotyping, right? So what we often avoid is what we don't understand. Mm -hmm. And the best way to be informed is to actively seek out information about different groups, customs, or cultures. Um, and so you can, this can be specific educational content, um, whether formal or informal like this podcast, but this can also simply be entertainment that's breaking down your preconceived notions. So the three of us were texting about The Old Guard on Netflix, which is an action series that is directed by a black woman, which is huge, um, but it has a diverse female cast in an action film, right? So that right there in and of itself is a game changer for the genre. But so if you start even digesting things that are like, whoa, that's a little different, right? So uh, black superheroes, right? Things that we typically don't see. Yeah, Wakanda. Um, even those interactions research has shown can help us to start to break down these biases or at least, you know, contradict them enough that, that we don't sort of fast twitch to that. Yeah. So those are five really um, easy ways to start to get into it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's why Wakanda, yeah. like that, Wakanda, that's why um, Black Panther was so big for us because it was like, yo! We get to cosplay at a movie theater? Right. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. That was, that was, I mean, it was so dope. And, um, and then the the message in the movie, the messages in the movie yeah. was powerful. We can smart. We can make the technology. Like home, sis, sis was making that tech right. Like yeah. that yeah. was them combating was the stereotypes yeah. as well. Can I just <laughs> say, since y'all are talking about it, um, that was the first film that I saw where a white man willingly took direction from a black woman, and where a man, I've never seen a man like bow in oh, defeat to a woman the way she did when she said, I love my country. Remember? He was like, yeah. oh, I know. How could you yeah. forget? I'm getting chills. Dear God. <laughs> oh, my God. But um, so that movie was like, ah, it was just yeah. so epic in so many ways. And um, I have a special love for Killmonger because I feel like his character represents the African-American experience specifically. And I related to that anger. Mm -hmm so much like mm, I did I understood it and that's you know not that this was you know about Black Panther and but my love for it but it all connects it it's is just, yeah but it it's is just, yeah it's it's just I really felt that like I, why did I have to be the one one of the ones that was taken why did I have to be one of the abandoned children why did my answer you know what I mean like why can't I go back and why can't why do I have to be here with people who don't want me here you know it was just yeah. like and I felt that, you know? So I was really, really happy that that was depicted on film and just um, um, just honestly documented that experience because I've never seen it before, you know? Wow. Um, yeah, it was such a good movie. I love that. And you got to look at Michael B. Jordan with a shirt off the whole <laughs> Yeah, them dimples. 
Um, <laughs> not to get my personal uh, preferences here, but I think that was phenomenal. I think <laughs> I might have a bias. Kind of like kind <laughs> of. Um, I think that's a great, that might be a good little segue um, for maybe next week is to talk about how our culture and uh, media and those things influence um, our, well, I guess I'm trying to say like biases and how we, you know, people's experiences and because white folks are the ones making the stuff, then that's how we experience things and that the now we are getting the Ava's and the I don't know who this this woman's name is but we'll begin to see us more on film instead of just being you know the help so um yeah. we're you know more what than the slaves I'm t- right get let's get some new roles in there um I love the black cinema little category on Netflix yeah, yeah. that is so good if you guys don't know about it check that out but um uh, speaking of Netflix, speaking of Alva DuVernay and all of that, I was going to say one of these episodes we should definitely talk about 13th. Even like, you know, yes. if we say, hey, let's let's just everybody watch it. Let's come back and talk about it. I mean, I think it's one of those things, one of those modern things that's critical in understanding just how we got here. And yeah. I love the way she lays it out so beautifully, so easily to understand. Let's do it. Yeah, I, I would. I think that would be really beneficial, and just understanding some of the some of the systems, right? Some of the systems in place, how the media has affected things, and and the ideas of Black folks in this country, and how it was intentional. I mean, there's just all of these things lined up, and like I said, she does a beautiful way of seeing it all together. Like you know these things individually, if you've studied it or if you've grown up learning it, right? But to see it all put together and just how it's affected, you know, how we got here. Yeah, it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. Yeah, I've done that. I'd like, like to do that too. Um, but I, how about we do just that? Um, I think that's a great uh, way to um, talk about how this stuff is just in everything. I, I'm like we we talked about it in our pre talk. I'm like capitalism is. <laughs> She's like we have to talk about capitalism. I was like, oh, <laughs> my head. And that movie, like, put me on. Um, and I'm trying to, I know that No Name does, like, a book list. And I'm trying to figure out, because she's been tweeting about it a lot, like, what books to read about capitalism. But how about we do this? Folks, we want to, th- three things as we, as we close. Um, one is take this, take this um, Harvard exam. Um, Inclusive bias <laughs> bias test from Harvard um so that and bring those either tomorrow night for the live and it's on Instagram live my Instagram live and I'll tag Jess and Ari in we got to get our followers up because then we'll have it over there but until y'all cross over to the dark side we got we gotta go from our own um so bring that either tomorrow or next Monday we can we can nix the current event and we can talk about those with y'all and then go into 13th y'all like that i love it that's feasible and then um what was the third thing 13th is on netflix and it's on youtube oh it's on there's no excuse i accidentally found it i (laughs) I was gonna say i will be willing to lend some people my netflix info if they i was just gonna (laughs) say that but if it's on youtube yeah you know it's no passwords (laughs) No, I school six months. No. emoji. Oh, 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 oh. No, no reason for that. Um, right. What was going to be my third thing? Take the, take the bias. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. Tune in tomorrow. Send us your questions. Yes. That's all the things. Oh. That's all the things. I need to go to bed. It's been a long day. So, yeah. Next week, I'll have better lighting, I promise. <laughs> you, were, you were texting <laughs> us by the way just to let you know oh my goodness <laughs> that's hilarious okay so appreciate y'all and um again same link next week um bring a friend uh do we want to answer ed's question once you have identified a bias that you want to address have any of you made an action plan what did it look like and was it hard to implement bum, bum, bum.
I mean, for me personally, when I, um, thinking in one particular instance, but I remember, you know, learning that I, I, I owned a bias and, um, that's just what I did. I owned it. I, uh, did my best to explore it. I did my best to explore why I did my best to understand what experiences I had that made me think that. And when I realized that there were little to none, I was like, okay, well, you're, you know, a logical person, you, you know how to think critically. So if you have no evidence to back this up then stop holding it against these people. Um, and I think that's the hardest part was learning it myself that, that it was within me, I think, um, and, and pinpointing it. I, I really had to sit with myself and I do a lot of talks with my, my parents. They help me through a lot of stuff that are very insightful, especially my father. So, you know, and he's dark skinned and it was talking to him that made me realize. So I think you have to be, um, I think we've said this before too, in a place of um, willing, willing, being willing to listen, um, being open and receptive. And um, so it has to come from a place of love, if you will. Um, but, um, you know, once, to me, to me, the sin is not having a bias um, or biases. It's um, realizing that you have them and not doing anything about them. So once you know that you have that, I really, I mean, you just have to lean into it. You just have to. Um, I don't think there's any shortcut because shortcuts are how we got here in the first place. Um, yeah. So just lean into it, you know, do your best to pinpoint it. I love Dr. Jess's suggestion about, you know, if you have a problem with women in the workplace, watch movies about powerful women, read books about powerful women, you know. If you're scared of black men or think that they're dangerous or associated with, um, with crimin, criminals or, you know, um, read about the, the mind-boggling and earth-shattering um, inventions and research that black men have done. Um, you know, look up um, powerful black men that, you know, that have, I don't I don't know the um I forget the one billionaire's name that, that did the that paid for everybody's um oh, yeah. at Morehouse. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? The billionaire, the entrepreneur. Yeah, I forget yeah, his yeah. name. I'm so sorry. I think it was Mr. Smith. But um, you know, but but look up those people. Look at their stories. Look at how they overcame. You know, lean into it. That's my best advice. You better preach. That was your blurb right there. You say was you it? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I was. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll rewatch it. Uh, a sillier um, anecdote. Where, so I'm in charge of giving presentations to our brand new students on campus, and you know, you you can usually spot an athlete, right? And I would look for the lacrosse players because they wear their hair. They usually have long hair, right? And one time I was like, "You probably play lacrosse." And I, he was like, no, I play baseball. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's like that scene from Mean Girls whenever she's like, we have a new student from Africa. <laughs> and she's like, oh, hi, welcome. She's like, um, I'm from Detroit. <laughs> the black girl's like, I'm from Detroit. Oh, man. Yeah, that's so funny. Yes. And so I... Little, I had to check myself in front of a group, like an entire group of people, be like, okay. And so that's why you don't do that. I think I called my own self out. Like, that's why you don't assume <laughs> why, anything about anybody. He was like, yeah, I'll put this <laughs> I, sorry. <laughs> Cause you know, people are, that, that, that's their identity. Don't you, don't you dare tell, call me, you know? Um, and so you just, I love um, leaning in and being able to recognize that, like, you have them. I loved a, some, an older gentleman who was on a, a meme uh, about coronavirus and, um, and math or and racism. Like, assume you have it. Uh, <laughs> he had like three things. If either of you see that, I yeah, forget. I do, but I forget. 
I forget what the other two, assume you have it, need to da-da-da, and da-da-da. I was like, well, that, if that ain't the truth, I don't know what is. And so you just got to yeah. check yourself. Um, we're like way over time, but just do you want to speak to any of that at all? Yeah, I mean, I just echo what you both said. I think the important thing to remember is just to be humble, right? Like, this is an ongoing process. You don't just like reach enlightenment and all of a sudden stop being a biased human or stop, you know, tripping things up. So we all make mistakes. Uh, and you just gotta, you gotta put in the time, you gotta put in the work. Um, and just constantly, you know, self-evaluate and have conversations with folks that'll let you uh mess up and help you fix it mm. blurb <laughs> okay so with that i do have one ask as we as you are so also Edie, thank you so thoughtfully writing in the comments as we begin to build our instagram page could y'all either message our Instagram, message us personally, or email us and, and share with us how this experience is going for you? We'd love to use that as content on our page. I think that would be great to hear yeah. you know, how people are experiencing this. Um, so if it's benefiting you, um, please share that. I I'll take the DMs, uh, just message Ari, whomever you feel comfortable, or just email it, email it to us. Uh, which can be found every which way. Uh, we really, really appreciate you all showing up and and and. And if you have a topic you want to cover, you want to. Oh, yeah. 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 And let people know that they can just show up and listen. We're gonna start sending out that messaging too. Um, that you don't, you know, you don't have to be on screen. You don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to ask questions. You can. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have right. anything. We just want, we really just want you to be a part. That's, that's what we care most about. So with that, um, thank y'all for being here and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Same time, same place. Sounds about white. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Edie. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye.